Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of BTG Legal's podcast. I'm your host Pratik Bakshi and today we'll be discussing data privacy and government access rights in India. The Court of Justice of the European Union on 16th July 2020 invalidated the EU-US Privacy Shield framework, ruling that this framework does not provide adequate protection to EU data subjects. Now this ruling has brought more attention to the issue of government's right to access private data and has also made companies doing business in India examine the data compliance structures. Today I'm joined by Vikram Singh a partner in the data privacy team at BDG Legal and Kalindi Bhatia a senior associate in the same team. Now let's start by understanding the Schrems 2 ruling and its impact on Indian business. Vikram let me ask you to start us off. Could you please explain to us what the impact of the Schrems ruling is and how does it fit into the Indian regulatory framework? Thanks Pratik and it's good to be here. Let's briefly touch upon what the underlying issue in Schrems 2 is. The EU court said that transferring EU subjects data to the US cannot be done under the cover of the US EU privacy shield. The privacy shield is a government to government framework that allowed private companies in the US to comply with data protection requirements under the European GDPR. The EU court ruled this because US laws in its opinion grant US law enforcement and intelligence agencies far reaching powers to access personal data. Most of our listeners would have heard of the US Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act FISA. FISA permits the US government to conduct targeted surveillance of foreign persons and covers activities of electronic service providers including major tech giants the eu court ruled that data exporters and importers are obliged to individually examine that when they import data into a country like the us whether a level of protection of personal data can be ensured which is equivalent to that of the european union so the protection has to be in terms of safeguards of the data protector exporter and the importer enforceable rights and remedies for the data subjects so this is an enormously disruptive ruling as you can imagine and any eu data that's imported into or even routed through the us has now become problematic as a result thanks vikram this is a momentous ruling indeed but could you tell us how does it exactly affect indian businesses well the ruling may have started a chain reaction of sorts pratik a couple of days ago the switzerland data commissioner made a similar ruling on the us privacy shield and some experts are asking the question about european union to india data flows we all know that exports of european union data to india is quite common particularly when european companies outsource the data processing to india if european subjects data is brought into india and stored on a server in india the question that people are now asking is that is the export and storage in line with the basis of the shrimps ruling so the export can impact in four ways as i can say it so first indian companies who provide it outsourcing or saas services to european companies import data into india and process it in india secondly there might be indian data controllers who provide services to eu citizens let's say multinational indian hotel chains or auto companies these guys also hold customer data of europeans in india thirdly there are indian it companies who source the data to us vendors so it goes from europe to india and to the us maybe 
And lastly, there are intra-group data transfers. So a number of European companies have Indian subsidiaries or vice versa, and that data may be exchanged between companies in the same group. The issue is that this is now a worldwide problem. And frankly, the EU is aware of it. In the last couple of days in mid-September, the European Commission actually set up two task forces to address the impact of SHREPs. The first task force is, is supposed to prepare recommendations and assist data controllers and processors with uh, identifying and implementing supplementary measures. And the second task force is uh, to resolve complaints received by the data production authorities in various countries. Okay, so from what I'm hearing, the EU court is basically saying that when you take EU subjects' data outside of the EU, be it to the US, China, or even India, the level of data protection in those countries has to be the same as the EU. Is this correct? Yes, and this presents an interesting state of play question when it comes to India. So what's the state of play in India? Like the US, India does not have a standalone data privacy law right now. There is no GDPR equivalent in India that we can point to. I mean, you'll remember that the right to privacy as a fundamental right of all persons was only established in 2017 by the Supreme Court in Puttuswami. Since 2018, there has been a draft data privacy law that has been publicly circulated for comments and is now being examined by the Indian Parliament. So the draft law in India is actually, in fact, very similar to GDPR. It it defines processing in, in very similar ways. It seeks to establish an independent data protection authority. And it also copies the humongous fines from GDPR into Indian law. See, but until the new data privacy law comes into force, we in India cannot say that we have a GDPR equivalent law and that India is protecting EU citizens' data in a, in a proper manner as per shrimps. So pending the Indian law coming into force, we have to look at the current Indian data access and surveillance law and see how they stack up. Now let's look into the state surveillance or data access side of things here. Kalindi, what data access rights does the Indian government have? Hi, Pratik. So in order to see how electronic data access has evolved in India, we'll have to go back to the old telegraph laws. So let's start with Section 5.2 of the Telegraph Act of 1885. This is the uh, source law on electronic surveillance in India and permits the interception and disclosure of messages on the occurrence of uh, any public emergency or in the interest of public safety. Uh, it also allows the government to order surveillance for preventing uh, incitement to the commission of an offence. Now, uh, historically, this power was used for telephone tapping. So, in 1996, a case was uh, brought in the Indian Supreme Court by the People's Union for Civil Liberties, where the court held that uh, telephone tapping is a serious invasion of privacy. And uh, the court issued nine rules and directions to, um, to regulate it. So uh, these uh, directions included a two-month uh, sunset period on interception orders and provided for an uh, internal review committee to be set up to oversee such orders. Then in 2007, to uh, incorporate the Supreme Court's decision into the law, 
a new rule uh, 419a was added to the telegraph rules of 1951 uh, under these rules an uh, interception order can only be issued when there is no other reasonable means uh, for acquiring information what the rule uh, also says is that in addition to the 2 month sunset period no interception order can be renewed for more than 6 months in aggregate now uh, besides telephone tapping there are also provisions regulating uh, computer data access for this uh, we have uh, section 69 of the information technology act of 2000 which uh, which uh, tracks section 52 of the telegraph act so this provision allows the government to uh, intercept monitor or decrypt any information received or stored through a computer resource similarly to uh, mirror rule 419a we have the uh, information technology procedures and safeguards for interception monitoring and decryption of uh, information rules which were introduced in 2009 uh these rules require a degree of specificity and uh, allow access to any information generated transmitted received or stored in any computer resource and uh, which is sent to or from any person or class of persons or which relates to uh, any particular subject thanks karindi vikram let me get back to you on this are the data access rights in india the same lesser or greater than the us and how does this fit into the rationale of the shems to ruling so there are many similarities pratik but also some key differences in how indian and us access laws work so as kalendip noted indian access laws are kind of rooted in telecom surveillance laws telephone tapping laws and this all happened in the 90s so you can argue as an indian lawyer that Indian law actually presents more barriers to data access than US law. So let's take a couple of examples and uh, think this through. So FISA in the US allows US security agencies to carry out surveillance without court orders for up to one year. And as the name suggests, FISA surveillance is aimed at foreign individuals or foreign powers or property or you know uh, stuff under foreign controls of foreign powers. also fisa does not authorize individual surveillance it authorizes programs for one year so in india there is no equivalent law there is no equivalent provision in india that allows the government to surveil someone for a year you have what is known as a central central monitoring system cms which the indian government operates but surveillance in india has to be done under like kalandi said section 52 and rule 419 of the telegraph laws because indian data interception laws derive from telephone tapping laws and also from the supreme court's nine rules in the uh, pucl judgment it can be arg- argued that the surveillance jurisdiction uh, jurisprudence in india is actually more strict than fisa so we don't have fisa's year long authorizations and in india surveillance is allowed only when there is no reasonable alternative at least under law uh the other thing to note here is that indian surveillance is not foreign or indian focused it's it's neutral indian law treats data of indians and non indians alike 
and they get the same safeguards. So even non-Indian data, if it needs to be given to the Indian government, has to be tested on elements of proportionality, time limitation, and also internal review. I think the the last point to consider on this is the practical aspect. In 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 practical terms, most data access requests in India are made for Indian citizens' data. In practical terms, because we don't have a FISA-like law focused on foreign citizens' data, surveillance requests are almost never made for foreign citizens' data, and especially they are they are very rarely made to businesses holding data of foreign citizens for processing purposes. and are there any judicial remedies against the indian government's data access rights yes the surveillance powers of the indian government derive from essentially a court order so in 96 when the indian supreme court gave the anti phone tapping judgment in pocl that's where this all started there is an internal review mechanism already specified in the rules and judicial review of surveillance in courts of constitutional law essentially high courts and supreme courts should be possible indian courts actually already act to stop illegal phone tapping and i don't see why the same principles should not apply to data access now coming back to my earlier point about practical measures they are and and practically also you can take some measures in addition to, to, to judicial review i think one is that uh, people examining is encryption so government access rules in india enable the government to require a decryption key holder to provide assistance but if the decryption key holder is not in india if the decryption key is situated outside of india then such an order will have to be set served through mlat procedures so there are also some practical steps you can take to avoid surveillance in india thanks vikram let me close this out by asking you what's next and what should indian companies be doing now right so as next steps to take indian companies should analyze their operations susceptibility to indian laws data access so your vulnerability to this will depend on the nature and scope of the data you uh, carry some data is inherently more interesting to law enforcement i mean think about bank records as a as opposed to let's say health data or insurance data so indian companies should evaluate what data they hold for whom they hold it and, and for what purpose I think one thing that also is worth examining now is onward data transfer. So, like like we discussed early on in this podcast, that a number of Indian companies actually may be using US servers. They may be using uh, data uh, storage in the US. So, any onward transfer of European data to the US also has to be examined now, not just to the US, because you know, like we mentioned, that uh, the Shrem's judgment has cast a light on pretty much all states with. strong surveillance regime so if an indian company is sending data abroad to any state which has quote and quote strong surveillance think of this point and finally uh, operationally you can put some safeguards you can put technical safeguards contractual safeguards you can have data encryption you can have data limitation you can minimize the data volume being transferred and finally you know prepare for the worst you should have protocols internally for dealing with access requests from the government uh, i'll just leave listeners with one thought that i think a very important point is now to just keep a watch on the proposed indian data privacy law it's before the parliament right now and it's an interesting time in the data privacy space great so i think that's our time for today thank you vikram and kalindi for your time 
It would indeed be interesting to see in the next two to three months what responses the industry comes up with to deal with such regulatory upheavals and how this evolves data compliance in India. I thank you all on behalf of BTG Legal for tuning into this podcast. We look forward to bringing to you more such podcasts on various legal and regulatory updates in the future. Thank you.